Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Calvary Live. So blessed to be back with you. I've been absent for the last couple of weeks with the holidays. We've been running some encore uh, shows uh, with Christmas. Christmas was only two weeks ago, and then last week, of course, being New Year's Day. So now we are well into the new year. So I want to officially wish all of you a very blessed and happy 2019. I am so thankful to be a part of your lives on Tuesday afternoon and evening. And uh, once again, starting a new year to be able to uh, be hosting the show, uh, to be a part of your day. Uh, my prayer and desire is to be a blessing and a help to you and an encouragement. Also, starting this week, I will be hosting Fridays on Calvary Live. So uh, what a, a blessing for me to be able to be a part of your lives on Friday starting this week. And so give me a call today. We have a beautiful day here in Colorado. Uh, I want to welcome all those uh, uh, listening on Grace FM. You're listening live. And also I want to welcome once again you on the East Coast listening in on Hope FM and Truth FM. I want to remind you that you are a week delayed but give us a call at 303-690-3000. You can ask questions about the Bible and about Christian living. You can give your prayer requests. And it is my desire to point you to the Word of God, to give you clarity and understanding, to be able to pray with you, to be able to encourage you. And that really is, I want to remind you, uh, the the uh, real heart of this show is not just to be academics, of course, we're going to give you the truth of God's Word. We're going to point you to the Scriptures. Uh, we're going to try to answer your questions as best we know how, but also to encourage you to be a blessing uh, to you and uh, in every way that we can. So I'm looking forward to a yet another year of being up uh, here with you on Calvary Live uh, to be able to answer your questions and take your prayer requests. So 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You can call anywhere in the United States, and they will answer the phone and grab one of those open lines. Let's uh, talk about the things of the Lord. Let's go to the Word of God. And uh, we want to be able to uh, just uh, just um, go to Him. Uh, and my prayer is, as I was thinking for you in this new year, is from Ephesians chapter 3, and I'll read it to you, that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so my prayer is is that uh, Calvary Live will, would be a program this year to help you be strengthened, 
in might in your inner man, your inner woman, that it may help you be grounded in his love and that you may grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and just be an encouragement. So <clears throat> welcome all who are listening here in Colorado along the front range at Grace FM and to southern Wyoming, whether you're in traffic in Denver or out on the plains in the rural areas of eastern Colorado or southern Wyoming. I'm so glad you're you're listening. Give me a call. Grab one of those open lines. Let's go to the Lord. Let's go to His Word and uh, see what the Lord has for us in this next hour. There is a second way, as most of you know, to be able to uh, ask a question or a prayer request, and that's by a texting line, and that number is 720-336-0897. And I would encourage you to to, uh, put that in your contacts and to uh, uh, have it where you can just pull it up and give us a call uh, or text us a question, and we'll get to those text questions. So we do have open lines. So uh, grab one of those open lines, and let's begin the year and just going to the Lord and asking Him uh, to guide us and direct us in every way uh, as we go to His Word. I do want to remind those of you up in northern Colorado, up in the Greeley area, Uh, We're going to start a new study tomorrow night on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. We're going to start the book of Revelation. Uh, Some people have emailed and asked uh, about our New Year's Eve prophecy update. I did a prophecy update on New Year's Eve uh, entitled The Days of Sephaniah. That is up on our website, so you can pull it up on calvarychapelgreeley.com and uh, be able to listen to that teaching, which I think is uh, Sephaniah as he uses that term, the day of the Lord, seven times in his book, only three chapters. He is the last of the prophets to do so. He had a very important message to the nation about spiritual apostasy that was taking place, a spiritual apathy that was taking place as well, and then a promise of hope that was given to them. And so uh, I think that you'll enjoy it. You can pull it up again on our website, calvarychapelgreeley.com. We are looking at starting the book of Revelation, the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. That word apocalypse sounds like a scary word, uh, but it just means the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Uh, And so we want to have the purpose of going through the book of Revelation, not only looking at the future events that will culminate into the second coming of Jesus Christ and the millennium reign and the new heaven and the new earth, But also, we want to see Jesus more clearly. It unveils Jesus to us. And if we miss that point, we really miss the point of the book of Revelation. And we want to uh, see how he is going to come back, and he is going to rule and reign. He's in control. He sits on the throne. And when John, is the last living apostle, was there uh, in Ephesus uh, pastoring the church, he would fall under the persecution of Domitian, who was persecuting the church very heavily. He was the the emperor of Rome, and a uh, tradition says uh, that they put John in a pot of boiling oil, and nothing happened. So they banished him to Patmos, and there he received the revelation, the the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. And and he needed to know, and he needed to take the book of Revelation back to the Christians, a, a new generation of Christians that had. Uh, not seeing the resurrected Lord like John and the other apostles. Uh, all the other apostles that walked with Jesus were gone. They had been martyred for their faith in Jesus Christ. 
And this new generation needed to know that Jesus is on the throne, he's in control, he is going to come back, and we need to know that as well. As John is told to write these things down, that must shortly take place. Not that they might take place, or it's a possibility, but they must come to pass. It will happen, even as Isaiah says in his book, that these visions that he saw in the latter days will take place. And so we have the confidence that these things are going to be fulfilled. Jesus Christ is coming back, just as all those prophecies in his first coming were fulfilled. Every dot and tittle, every dot and tittle is going to be fulfilled of the 200 or so prophecies concerning his second coming. So I think we need to be wise in the days in which we're living. I believe that we're in the last days and we're in unique times. And this generation, of course, is the, you know, we're living... Um, nearer to the return of Lord than any other generation of Christians. And uh, we're seeing things happen before us that point to the soon return of Jesus Christ. So, hey, we're still waiting for calls to come. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Our text line is 720-336-0897. I know it's a new year, but I'd love to see you guys uh, get on those phone lines, ask questions about the Bible, perhaps, that has come up. Uh, maybe about Christian living, Uh, you have prayer requests. I know that there are those who uh, are out there, have prayer requests. Uh, If you're listening online, we also welcome you. I also want to encourage you to download the Grace FM app on your smartphones or on your mobile devices, uh, to download it on your iPads, uh, and it's a great, great uh, resource to have, and uh, we uh, encourage you as you listen also as you get on your computers to have that available for use as well. So give me a call at 303-690-3000 and uh, looking for that first phone call to come in of the year. Um, I do want to also let you know that we are in the Book of Romans on Sunday mornings here at Calvary Chapel Greeley, and we have three morning services at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, and would love to uh, meet you and your family we are in that section of Romans that's just very powerful. Uh, it, it deals with the doctrine of sanctification. In chapter 3, at the end, through chapter 5, uh, we learned about the doctrine of justification, being declared righteous before God that comes uh, freely by our faith in Him. Uh, we can't earn it. We can't work for it. Uh, it comes by faith alone. No man shall be justified by uh, the deeds of the law, is what Paul writes. And then in chapter 6 through 8, what does it mean that uh, for us, as we know that where sin abounds, grace abounds much more is how chapter 5 ends, that chapter 6 then tells us that we're to walk with him and we're dead to sin. And so sanctification means to be set apart and we're free to live for him. Uh, We identify with Christ. We're dead to sin. Chapter 7, we're dead to the law and we uh, are to be uh, looking to him to empower us as we walk in the Spirit will be chapter 8. So very, very rich portion of Scripture. Hope you can join us for that. And so we want to to continue in that study. So we got a place for all the kids on Wednesdays and on Sundays and for the youth groups. And so check us out on our website at calvarychapelgreeley.com. Well, we finally got a... a, a uh, call in, so let's go to Joanne in Denver. Joanne? Joanne, are you there? I'm here. You're on Calvary Live. Thanks for calling in. Sure. 
I just had a question. I've been studying in uh, Daniel and Revelation, and the the beast that is the leopard, uh, they say it's Greece, but I was wondering, could that be the area of Syria that uh, was around in Alexander the Great's time? Well, we know that you're making reference to Daniel chapter 7. And Daniel chapter 7 is similar to Daniel chapter 2. In Daniel chapter 2, Daniel interprets the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had of that image that was of four different metals. In chapter 7, Daniel gives... um, you know, has a vision of four different beasts, right? Four different animals. And what we know of is um, it speaks of those empires that were on the scene at the time of Daniel. Daniel's off in exile uh, during the Babylonian Empire. And in those uh, metals, there's the head of gold, there's the chest and arms of silver, the belly of brass, legs of iron, and then there's the ten toes and feet iron mingled with clay. And then in the vision of chapter 7 that you're asking about, we see that Daniel has that vision concerning different animals. And and what is interesting, the reason I'm bringing this up, is because I think that in chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has that vision that this is man's um, kind of uh, thought on human government, that it's gold, it's silver, it's it's metals. Um, in Daniel chapter 7, it's almost like this is God's vision. This is God's uh, looking at human government as beast. So we have, first of all, um, the uh, beasts that are described in that chapter, in chapter 7. And then uh, we have the first one that speaks of Babylon, the lion. And then we have the bear that speaks of the Medo-Persian Empire, Uh, They were ones that they had large numbers, a large army. And I don't know, um, uh, Joanne, if you've ever seen a bear in the wild. Um, I've seen bears and grizzly bears in Yellowstone, and they kind of lumber along. And that's what uh, the Medo-Persian Empire did. And then the empire that you're asking about, the leper, that it speaks of Alexander the Great. They had a smaller number, quick uh, attacked quickly, and they overtook Alexander the Great, the known world. So we do know that when Alexander the Great died, um, he died at a very young age. Uh, the story is is that uh, he was uh, drinking. Uh, he walked back to his tent. He got soaking wet. He ended up getting pneumonia and dying. So his empire was divided up into four generals, is what I understand. And part of it would include... Um, the uh, area in Syria, and then the area also in Egypt. And Daniel, in chapter 11, speaks a lot about that time frame um, and the prophecies that are given there. So it does include that area of Syria. There's a solution in Ptolemy families and how they went back and forth. And guess who's caught in the middle, Joanne? It's it's Israel. So what happened is... It came to clear to about 165 B.C. that this Syrian king comes on the scene, right? Do you know what his name was? Uh, on 165 B.C.? Yeah. 
His name was Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a Syrian yeah, king. Yeah. He comes into Jerusalem. He kills many of the Jews. He uh, kills many of the priests. He puts an image into the the temple there in the Holy of Holies. He slaughtered pigs, smeared the blood all over the temple. Of course, uh, pigs were considered unclean. He tried to bring uh, all that idolatry and stuff to Jerusalem, um, and he's, he is there. He's this brutal ruler. And then we have the story of Judas Maccabee and his brothers that begin this revolt against Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, the Jews called him Antiochus Epinani, a play on words, that he's uh, Antiochus the madman. That's what it means. But after about nine years of struggle, they drive Antiochus out, and they rededicate the temple. They relight the menorah. That's where Hanukkah comes. That they just the Jews ended up celebrating just a few weeks ago, last month, um, and they celebrate during our Christmas season. But it does speak of of all of that. That was all under the Grecian Empire, and then of course the Fourth Empire, the beast there in chapter seven. He doesn't tell us what kind of beast it was, does he? He just no. says it's dre- he he says it's dreadful, it's terrible, but he was mostly intrigued with this fourth beast that speaks of Rome, and then comes the extension of Rome, uh, a fourth kingdom on the earth. Uh, she'll be different than all the other kingdoms. She'll devour the whole earth, trample it, and break it in pieces. And then we see that as we compare it with chapter two, the extension of the the legs of iron is the feet with clay with iron the ten toes, we know that we're told in that interpretation, Daniel says that these ten toes are ten kings that will be on the scene that when Jesus Christ comes back. So we know it's going to be in the latter days, just as this ten horns of this beast are ten kings shall arise from this kingdom, and then it speaks about the Antichrist, who's the little horn that comes out in the midst of it. So a lot I just threw at you. So I don't know if that right. helps, but... Yeah, it is. Uh, what I was wondering uh, further is that when you get into the book of Revelation, where the beasts are rising up out of the sea, uh, there's one that is like a lion, a bear, and a leopard. And I wonder if that meant kind of a coalition of the ancient nations referred to in Daniel... Well, I'm trying to figure out, trying to think about what reference you're making. I know that in chapter uh, 13, and it says that I stood on the sand and I saw a beast rising out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. That's a reference back to Daniel that I just read. But, um, yeah, verse 2, Now the beast which I saw was like a leper, his feet like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him power his throne, and his great authority. So there it speaks of a bear, it speaks of a lion, it speaks of um, a leopard, all those visions that we're seeing. So that's interesting to see if, um, you know, it's kind of a coalition of those things. And um, it's something that I have to look at more closely and see. So um, Yeah, I, 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 I just happened to be noticing that and just wondered what uh, your thoughts might be. But, yeah, it yeah. certainly warrants more study, but 
um, you know, it seems like most of those nations right now are in our national news. And so, yeah, yeah. And they and do appear to be forming a coalition. So I just wondered if. Right. Um, I just thought that right. was interesting. It is interesting because it is. Here's the thing about they say you can't really understand the book of Revelation unless you understand the book of Daniel. Daniel is the forerunner to Revelation. And right. so to the first three animals, you know, that is a picture of Babylon, the bear, Medo-Persian, the leopard, the Grecian Empire. And then the fourth was dreadful. And so it does make reference. In the book of Revelation, it's interesting that there's 265 verses that have references to the Old Testament. So the, the Old Testament, Isaiah, um, Jeremiah, the book of Daniel, all that's going to help us to understand. So that is an interesting verse in what is being said. But I think as we look at that, that the beast rising out of the sea, coming out of, it speaks of that fourth beast, that it will be, he's going to be a world leader that the world's going to turn to, and that he is going to come out of that revived Roman Empire, and he is going to be one that um, is going to, the world's going to turn to and begin to worship him. So interesting thing, something I'll have to keep reading and looking at. And if you come up with anything, give me a call back, and I'd love to hear it. So, Okay, great. Well, thank you for your, your input. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Joanne. Thanks for the call and good question and, and something to really consider as I go through the book of Revelation there in verse 2. So. Yeah, I'm anxious to, to hear your, your teaching on that. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Happy New Year, Joanne. Bless you too. Happy New Year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Took a little while for the phone calls to come in, but we do have an open line now. And uh, when somebody hangs up, there's an open line. So give me a call and uh, give me. let me give you that text number again, 720-336-0897. That was a good question. It's been a little while uh, since I've looked at Revelation chapter uh, 13, verse 2. I know it speaks of the Antichrist, and it also speaks of the false prophet, but I'll have to look at that more closely. So good question, Joanne. Let's go to Samuel in Denver. Samuel? Hello. You're on Calvary Live. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm well. Good. What can we do for you? Uh... I got an invitation to lead a home group with helping people. Uh, kind of the thought in the heart of it is helping people become more comfortable uh, with reading the Bible. So I'm just kind of curious. You might have some resources for. Uh, I've doing, been doing my best to prepare for it, and I just thought a little bit of extra help. I had the opportunity to call in, so I thought I'll call in and ask you if you had. Any thoughts or resources for things to help with people that aren't necessarily comfortable with the Bible, that help them become more comfortable or help them just maybe study it better or just something kind of beginners, things for beginners? Right. What we do here, and I think that's important, I think it's great, uh, because I believe that the great need in the church today is for people to be reading their Bible. But sometimes it's overwhelming, and um, sometimes they don't know where to begin. And one of the things that we do here at the church is we do a firm foundation class. 
and uh, we have one of the pastors that teach that on Saturday, and we realize how popular that class is. And the very first class that we did was just generally knowing your Bible, how the Bible is written, um, the Old Testament versus the New Testament, um, how the Bible's divided up. You got the the books of the law, you got the historical books, you have the um, you know poetic books, you have the uh, prophetic books. That's that's all the Old Testament there, and then the New Testament, the epistles, and all that. So there are references. Um, if you want to do kind of a survey of the you know new and test new and Old Testament, there's good good reference. A good reference, a survey of the Old Testament, survey of the New Testament by Dr. Paul Benware. I used to teach a high school class, and it really helped the kids to understand their Bible, just to understand the, the how the Bible is divided up, how it is written kind of the outline, the purpose of the book, and that's a really good resource uh, to um, to be able to use. Um, there's, there's, uh, that's one of the ones that I know you, to use. Um, do, you, do you know so how to spell the, his name, or roughly? What was it again? Yeah, Dr. Paul Benware, B-E-N-W-A-R-E. And it's every day's Bible commentary, and um, it's a good book to go through. And uh, matter of fact, I develop a curriculum for high schoolers that um, that go through all those books of the Bible and just a survey, a good overall survey that won't overwhelm them, but it really will be helpful. And um, and it starts with you know the books of the law, who wrote it, when it was written, the purpose of it being written, and then the overall theme. And I think that just just really helps in that. And um, and it and then of course um, I think that as you do that, you get the big picture. It isn't so overwhelming, um, and you kind of see that it makes sense. Okay, here's the book of the laws, Genesis beginnings. And then you have the historical books, the poetic books, and then the uh, prophetic books of the Old Testament, minor and major prophets, and it just helps you sort it all out. And what about the thought that a lot of people have when they read it where either it's a deal where it tells them things they don't want to hear or things that they don't understand? Do you have any kind of thought to share with that to, to help? people overcome that or work through that? When they don't want to hear what's in the Bible? Well, you know, you just times you'll be reading through a passage and it tells you something and it's something you don't want to hear and it's, you know, <laughs> a difficult topic or, yeah, you know, because that, that's the thing. There tends to be, you know, I think they're called prosperity gospel where it's, you know, all yeah. good, yeah. everything's positive, everything's going good, but that's not the 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 true Bible because there's a balance you know there's God's correction yeah. in there and so I think that you know obviously there's stuff in the Old Testament where people really struggle with it or not you know understanding right. some of the uh, yeah yeah the things and, that, I, you know, think... and I, I certainly don't understand it right all right. of it you know but the, I, I think the... there's times where people struggle with that and that's one of the maybe something where deters them some from reading it maybe as much as they should. I just wonder yeah. if you had any thoughts on that. I do have some thoughts on that. We're, we're going to get ready to go to a break here, but I think, Samuel, you're asking a very, very important question. 
um, that Christians need to understand because there is some circles of Christianity and churches that will say that the Old Testament is irrelevant. That I remember when I first came up to Greeley, there were pastors that told me, well, you shouldn't study the book of Leviticus. It's irrelevant. It's not for us. We're not under the law. And um, so, you know, what do you say to people that think that? There are those, even as we're going to start the book of Revelation, that say you shouldn't read the book of Revelation. There are pastors that think we shouldn't teach it, you know, maybe portions of it, like chapters 2 and 3. But, hey, Samuel, hang on. We're going to go to break, and I just want to give you some guidance in that because you're asking something that's very, very important. And uh, I want to hopefully give you some clarity. So, hey, we're going to break. Um, We'll be right back in about 90 seconds. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And you just heard the number to call in and ask questions or give your prayer requests. Let me give you that text line at 720-336-0897. You are listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figgs of Calvary Chapel Greeley in Northern Colorado. You know, I was realizing that at the beginning of the show, I don't think I told you that I'm hosting the show who I am, and uh, I just assume you knew. So I apologize for that, but I am Jeff Figgs. I regularly host Tuesday Calvary Lives, and then I'm going to start doing Fridays uh, this week. So, so glad to be with you, and um so I'm um, looking forward to this year and what the Lord has for us. I've had some good questions. Um, I uh, was talking to Samuel. He had a question about uh, a home group that he's encouraging people to read the Bible to understand it. And Samuel, are you still with us? Yes, I still am. Thank you. I appreciate you holding. And like I said, you ask a very important question, and that is some people, when they read the Bible, they don't like what they read or um you know, they ignore it. When I did that uh, that um, Old and New Testament survey class with high schoolers, the very first verse that I would have them memorize is in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, where Paul says that all Scripture is inspired by God and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that it may thoroughly equip every man um, to bring every man into completion, that is maturity. And so I tell them, listen, all of Scripture from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22 is inspired by God. It is all beneficial, profitable for correction, for instruction, for reproof, um, and we need to know the Word of God. Now, we're not under the law, but as we look like, for example, the book of Leviticus, people say, well, you really don't need to study Leviticus. It's not for us today. It is for us today. Because first of all, the Bible says that all of it is profitable. And then second of all, Leviticus was to show the priests how to worship and serve and obey a holy God. And I want to know how to worship and serve and obey a holy God so we can make application, can't we, in in the book of Leviticus. We can make, there's, there's, it's so rich, and I think to really understand the New Testament, you need to understand the Old Testament as well, and all of the counsel of God's Word is beneficial to us. 
So we can look at it, we can read it, we can apply it, and um, it's so rich. Uh, the principles and the precepts that are there are for all of us, and we need to embrace it as God's Word, because sometimes uh, people will call and they'll say, well, that was the words you know, of David, or that was the word of, of Paul, even in the New Testament. It wasn't the words of Jesus. Well, the words that we have recorded in the epistles are just as much God's Word as we have in the Gospels as we have in the Old Testament. It's all God-breathed and God telling us and speaking to us and beneficial to us. So it's very, very important that as Christians that we understand from Genesis 1-1 to Revelation 22-21 that it is all inspired, it is God's Word. And one of the things, Samuel, that you hear in more churches today is that the Bible contains the Word of God. There's a problem with that. The Bible is the Word of God. I would say it is the Word of God. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But what you're hearing more and more is, is that the Bible contains the Word of God. Listen, we can't just pick and choose what we believe in the Word of God. It is all inspired. The Bible is the Word of God. And so I would just press that point, and then, you know, to... Um, to go through the Bible, you can go through it, and you can not just look at the implication, but to make the application as well. So a good overall view of the Bible is very helpful and uh, to them, and then, you know, it's all inspired by God. And see, that's the other thing, Samuel, that's very important about, I believe, systematic teaching of the Word of God. That is, you go through a book of the Bible, as you go through all the books, you go through it chapter by chapter, verse by verse, you got to keep everything in context. You can't just take a verse out and develop your own doctrine around that one verse. But as you keep you know, going through the Scriptures, as you go through a whole book, and that's the way the Bible was meant to be read and to be studied, is keep it all in context. And like I said, you know, without the text, you're going to have the con— and we need to keep it in context, and that's a safeguard, um, because then we hit all the you know the different issues and the things of the whole counsel of God's word that which we need, and we can't just pull something out and begin to you know have weird doctrine, and that's what happens with the prosperity movement, with other you know movements that will take a verse and build a doctrine around it. That's deductive, uh, you know, teaching of the word of God rather than inductive, systematic teaching of the word of God. Well, I think there are times you need to have the uplifting and the encouraging verse as well, but you need to have it balanced because it's something if you just go one way or the other, it it's just not what the Bible has. Yeah, it, it can't just be all feel good. I love the promises of God. I love those verses. What I just read at the beginning of the show that you know that um, that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's a wonderful, you know, promise, isn't it? But here's the thing, that what I tried to get, you know, our people here at Calvary Chapel, that even the the verses that are difficult, that we can rejoice in those verses. We can rejoice in the Lord, how He desires for us to live. And when He brings rebuke and He brings correction, because it's a loving Father that is saying, I love you, and I want you to be free from sin. I want you to be free from that which is going to harm you. I want you to be free from 
deception and darkness. And so we have the Word of God that benefits us. And even as those conviction comes, it's to draw us to the Lord, not to push us away from the Lord. And and so we can say, thank you, Lord, that you're you're really, you know, pressing this point on me or correcting me or, um, you know, I need to be rebuked in this area because you want what's best for me and you want to grow me and you want me to really experience that abundant life that you have for me. So we can rejoice in all of it, and it's all beneficial. Okay, that seems helpful. And there was a, a verse and I came across in my reading earlier that might be an encouragement for a lot of people that in uh, Deuteronomy 30, uh, 11 through 14, uh, Moses was getting ready to head out, uh, and Joshua was getting ready to take over, and Moses was speaking to the people and saying that the the word's not too far from you. Nobody has to go up into heaven to get it. Nobody has to go to the sea to get it. And it's uh, in your uh, in your heart. Right. So it was kind of, kind of an encouraging verse for you know because I think a lot of people this time of year try to start reading through the whole Bible through the whole year and right. you know it's a great aspiration so it's something that yeah. you know maybe somebody needs to hear that you know it's it's Thank within you. their ability. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You know I tell Samuel, I tell a congregation they probably get tired of me hearing it. I'll say I sound like a broken record. Then I realize that the young people don't know what a record is. <laughs> You know, they didn't have records like we, I did when I was younger. So, you know, you're, you're I, just going to have to tell them it's an MP3 stuck on replay. Yeah, exactly. But I tell them, read your Bible every day. You know, devotions, okay. read your Bible constantly, consistently, and that's how you're going to grow. There's no other shortcut to growing. Read your Bible every day. And yeah. um, and I'm going to keep saying that. So I know yeah. you're going to encourage your group to do that. So I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, and I, I know you got other callers to get to, but I, you know, another thought is that people having an expectation that every time you open it, you know, God is going to speak to you, whether it's something where you know really stands out right then, or you know, maybe something later. But it's the difference between reading it to reading it and reading it to hear from God. It's, you know, kind of a different perspective. Right. And he, he does speak to us. And that's how he primarily speaks to us is through the Word of God. Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate your call, Samuel. Appreciate it. Hey, keep keep teaching them, encouraging them in the Scriptures. So, so bless that you're doing that. Okay. Appreciate it. Have a blessed day. You too. Okay. By Samuel, appreciate it. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Uh, I know that Chris has been waiting patiently. So, Chris, are you there? I am here. Thank you. How are you? Taking my call. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I am doing good. It's good to be back in the saddle and and taking calls. And and uh, seems like forever since you know with the holidays, I was off a couple of weeks. So, appreciate you calling and looking forward to what the Lord has for us on the show this year. Yeah, amen, amen. Um, my question was in uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 31 and 32. If you just uh, could explain, um, it's the parable of the mustard seed. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it's greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come nest in its branches. 
Uh-huh. Um, I just want your your take on that. If you could, that would be great. Yeah, and you know he's given the parables of the kingdoms, um, and in the mustard seed, um, it's the um, you know it's the mustard seed is is the mustard plant is small, so when you look at this, um, when the mustard seed which a man took sowed in his field, and it's the least of all the seeds, but when it grows greater than the herbs and becomes like a tree, that's unusual. So the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. So uh, one of the interpretations of that is is that you got this unusual growth, and then you got the birds that come in and nest in it. Now there's some who interpret this as this is the kingdom of God, and it's going to grow, and all these wonderful, you know, um, you know, different groups are going to come in and nest in it, and they see it as a very positive thing. But as we look at birds, you know. Um, in the scriptures, really right. birds are not seen in a positive way at all. Um, yeah, like and still the seed. Yeah, it, yeah, and and for a mustard seed to grow into a tree, so many, and I kind of fall into this, um, you, you know, uh, birds regularly symbolize evil, um, you, you know, and so what it speaks of is that that there's going to be this unusual growth that is going to involve that which is false, uh, that which is corrupt. And um, we, we know that even the Old Testament uses a tree for, you know, an empire in Ezekiel 17, Daniel chapter 4, and all of this. So it's speaking about that there's going to be that which is false that's going to come in and is going to nest. And so that's what many believe that is being spoken of. And of course, we know that in even in the first century in the early church that false teachings started coming into the church. We know that Jesus warned that in the last days that there will be many false teachers and prophets that will be on the scene. He didn't say a few. He said many. And even the New okay. Testament writers confirmed that. So um, it is talking about unusual growth. Um, the birds come in and nest. Um, the birds are seen as corrupt. Um, and probably speaks of corruption that would come into the church. And so you can look at church history, and you can you know, probably see that very clearly um, throughout church history that has taken place. Okay, and then the kingdom of heaven. Um, and how is the kingdom of heaven like that? Well, that's a good question, and I think it's speaking about, um, you know, that the kingdom— the it's talking about the church i believe okay. the the kingdom community is mostly what it's being spoken of so okay. oh that yeah. makes sense yeah yeah so you know that's what we've seen and you know mm-hmm. that's the other thing too when i did the message um on new year's eve uh chris one of the things that i focused on was you know Stephaniah was speaking to the nation he talked about the apostasy but we also know that that's going to be characteristics of the last day as well. Paul talks about a falling away in Second Thessalonians chapter two. We know that there's you know a false church in Revelation chapter seventeen, and I think that we're seeing the very foundations of that even right now in the church today. So, um, so you know, God has His remnant in every place. Not, I'm not saying that every church is that way at all. But we are seeing more and more false doctrine, more false teachings, weirdness, birds coming in and nesting uh, and calling themselves the church. 
Right. Okay. Well, thank yeah. you so much. I you bet, Chris. That. Thanks for calling. Yeah, appreciate well, it. So, good question. May the Lord bless your year. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Jeff Figs And David from Aurora has been waiting patiently. So let's go to David. David, are you Hi, still Pastor. there? How are you doing today? Good, David. How are you? Oh, blessing Jesus. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Thanks for calling in. Uh, so I have a bit of a um, problem um, at our church. I won't. I, I mentioned I won't name any churches or, or mm. the name of the okay. pastor I'm having an issue with. And so we've been attending this church for about three to four months, and um, my wife seems to like it a lot. My kids seem to like it. I like the, the worship and then the split to the Bible studies. However, I'm, I'm finding it a trend that this uh, pastor uh, is attacking a specific uh, version of, of, uh, of the Bible. Um, he teaches out of the NIV, and he seems to point out the King James Version each time he doesn't agree uh, with the translation. Um, at one point, um, he, he didn't like the translation in Colossians 1.15, where it says all things were created by, by him, um, referring to Jesus, and said he, he believes it should be the word through, which I don't agree with, because through means a, uh, like a passing through, or by means it was, it, it was caused. Um, he, he, mentioned, he also did the same thing in Revelation, um, where it talks about that we were washed by the blood of Jesus, but he says it's a mistrans... Mis- it, it was an error by King James, where... He says instead of saying washed by the blood, he believes it should say that we were freed through the blood. We were freed through the blood. And he mentioned that there was a, a particular Hebrew letter that was dropped, that was omitted or added by the King James, which I'm still researching. Mm-hmm. And the last one that just kind of set me, well, I don't want to say set me off, but kind of irritated me um, where he talked about um, that. I believe it was in uh, the Old Testament, in Micah, in Micah six eight, where he talks about where instead of the Lord, the Lord says uh, that He required, He prefers the word seek. But as I look at the Hebrew translation, require does kind of capture both seek and demand at the same time. But He prefers the mm-hmm. word seek because God is not where God's requiring of us, but it's where you know uh, He's requiring of us to. Uh, to love him, to walk with him. But when I look at the the breakdown of Micah six eight, I think it's kind of like where God has uh, has has duties for us. But at the end, He requires that we walk with Him. I don't know if that makes any sense. But but at, you know, bottom line is He seems to be attacking the King James. And I, I don't. Uh, it's I used to read NIV, and I went over to the King James because I love the word word-for-word translation, as opposed to the dynamic um, thought-for-thought interpretation of the NIV. Um, And, you know, if that's what they want to learn, it's entirely to him. However, I just find it, he's like personally attacking King James Version. I've been praying about this as to how I can talk with him about it. I do have a meeting with him tomorrow to discuss it, and I did mention, hey, I have a concern about the Scriptures, and I was going to lead into that, and I've asked my boys 
uh, they're 13 and 11, and they've been learning from me as I've been learning from the Bible with the aid of the Holy Spirit and the concordance, Strong's concordance. And I asked them, how did you feel about this? I, I know where, nor did I talk bad about the pastor or said what I think. I just asked them how they felt, because they're in a service. It's like a combined service together. And they felt like they were pressured to switch from the King James to something else. Right. So, you know, and, and it disturbs me a lot. I know there are a lot of diehard King James, a lot of diehard NIVs, yeah. and, you know, I just don't know. It's, it, you know, I, 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 it's like a little pet peeve of mine, you know. I mean, you know, I, I like King James, <laughs> I, however, if that's, well, I, you know, if, if, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't like it, then that's fine. It's entirely up to you. I'd be happy to talk to you about the differences or the pros and cons of each. However... I just feel like right. it's a. I feel like it's a personal. It's, I, I view it as a personal attack, and I'm not sure how to approach him with that. I, I would just go. I think you're doing the right thing and just going and talking to him about it. Um, personally, I I like the the King James, the New King James. I've been using for 23 years. Uh, I trust in what the New King James says, and um, you know there are those who really like the NIV um, and. There are those who, you know, uh, you mentioned a thought for thought. There are those who will argue and say, no, it's a word for word. Um, and I think that just that discussion with him um, is important. And, and you've done, obviously, a lot of research in the different verses and stuff like that. But I think that, you know, he'll just get some clarity and understanding. You may not agree, um, but some clarity and understanding. And um, I think the King James, New King James is a good uh, translation. There are those who say, well, it's not as good as the NIV. They've done the study. They probably have studied it as long as I have, uh, but I have confidence in the uh, King James, New King James. It's a word for word. And if somebody, you know, a lot of churches use the NIV, there, there's so many different versions out there, but I think a good word for word version is something, and let's see what the scripture has to say. And there's different verses that you can debate and stuff, but I think you're doing the right thing. Just go and Share your heart with him and see what his heart is, and I think you'll you're doing the right thing in doing that. So I know that probably doesn't help and yeah. answer questions, but <laughs> I, I've been That's using the new King James. Here's the thing with me: I've had people that come to my church for years, and I I memorize scripture and I memorize from the New King James. And I've thought about you know a lot of churches are going to the New Living Translation, things like that, and that's fine. But I got a congregation that, you know, I got hundreds of people that got a New King James Bible, and I got confidence in it, and we go through it, and we look at it, and, you know, I have confidence that it's accurate, and um, there are those who've been using the NIV, and you can read the NIV and get saved, and you can, you know, study God's Word and um, understand what the Word of God is saying to you. There are those who have preferences over others, um, but um, I, I have confidence in the New King James, and, and most of the people that are here have been memorizing Scripture from the New King James. If I switch to another translation, then I got, you know, 800 people that have to get new Bibles <laughs> and, and um, <laughs> to follow along. Yeah. So I think you're, you're going the right road. I think just, you know, um, just keep, just talk to them and, have some clarity and understanding, David, and um, and I think it'll help. And and I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, I was I was kind of you know afraid of that. Cause, uh, I mean, 
if he so chooses to teach out of NIV, then that, that's between him and God. Um, and, you know, and any other version, I mean, I, I mean, I just, it's just yeah. these personal attacks that's just been bothering me. And the first I noticed of it when he was teaching Ephesians 2.8, where he's saying, this, these, uh, you know, he was talking about gift is the faith is the gift. And there's like many other gifts of the, of the Bible um, that's mentioned in the Word. But I'm like, well, no, right. no, well, uh, I don't know if I would go as far as to stretch it like that or to, to try to make a point that faith is a gift. I know faith is a power gift in 1 Corinthians 12. However, I would not, right. I, me personally, I want to use that specific verse to convey his point that faith is a gift because the focus is on God's grace. That's not, yeah. you know, that we didn't deserve, but it's a, it is a gift. And um, I kind of went back and forth on email um, with the um, associate pastor to just kind of make sure I did, I try to understand where he was coming from. I didn't get a response on the second go around, but um, I, I just don't know what, I don't know what to do if he, if this pastor continues his way, doesn't see anything wrong with what he's doing. Though it's you know creating a stumbling a, block for my boys yeah. and even for myself, and that's the know. decision you're going to have to make and take to the Lord. So you know, I think yeah. that you're doing the right thing, going to Him, talking with Him, getting clarity and understanding. It may not mean that you have agreement, um, but and then you got to take it from there. You know, and um, you're you're the priest of your home to take your you know family to a church that you believe that you're being taught the scriptures in the in the way that um they are growing and being encouraged and edified in the things of the Lord. So can I pray for you, Chris? I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Father, I pray for Chris. I just pray as he goes and, and talks to his pastor that he would realize that they both love Jesus and and they both love the Word of God. And so that clarity and understanding would come and that uh you just guide Chris in, in this in the conversation and that um, it would be edifying, encouraging, um, and the confusion would be cleared up, and understanding come, and that you would work in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Chris. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor. God bless you. God bless you. I'll be praying for you. So, 303-690. Man, we're getting close. The hour went so fast. I think, let me try one more call, Martin in Colorado Springs. Martin? Yes, good afternoon. Hey, we got a few minutes, so I thought I'd get you on. Thanks for holding. No worries. Um, I was just talking about, um, referring to about the caller with the Old Testament and the New Testament. Um, yes. That he's going to, you know, try to motivate people to read, um, get more involved with the Bible. I'm yes. kind of the same way. I kind of have trouble reading the Old Testament. I just kind of falls apart to me because it's just out there. There's so much, so much um, kind of like violence and kind of sounds sometimes like hatred over some, some, mm-hmm. some towns yeah. in the Bible, some cities in the Bible. And, but it's so overwhelming to keep up with all the stuff that's going on and going through when I'm reading it that I get bored. Uh-huh. And then I, then I lose track and then I kind of, kind of, I kind of push it off, and I just wanted to see what advice or what other verses I could read once I'm I'm feeling like that. Right, and you can and I try to. You can read some of those chapters in the Old Testament. And you think, what was that all about? And yeah. um, or totally confusing. I think a good commentary, Warren Worsby, he's 
the pastor to pastors. He's got a great commentary that will help you. I love Warren Worsby, and then also um, the application commentary of the Old and New Testament, John Corson, will really help you. Those two commentaries I find we have in our bookstore to be the most popular. Warren Worsby and then John Corson application commentaries. There's other good commentaries um, in listening um, to good Bible teachers. You get online listening to, you know— you know, the the guys that are going through those scriptures to help you, and it will just bring it more alive to you. Because we all need help. We need help, and we think, what was this all about, or what is this book? But I think that you're going to find it to be a blessing. So if you want a good commentary, Warren Worsby or John Corson application, uh, you can should go to a Christian bookstore and be able to get those or go to Searchlight and to order them or, you know, Amazon or whatever it may be. And I'll tell you what, it'll really help you out um, as you as you go through the Old Testament. Type of All right. Or is just like a whole book? What's that? The commentaries it, that you mentioned? Yeah, are, it's, is, is it's it like a whole book. Okay. It's like a verse by verse, yeah. It'll take you through. That's what Warren Worsby does, and that's what John Corson does. Awesome. Okay. I'm always constantly going to those, so... Hey, good question. Hopefully it helps you. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for calling. Appreciate it. Um, Looking forward to seeing you, talking to you on Friday. I'll be hosting. And so God bless you. Everybody have a good night. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.